Section 91 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Matthew by J. C. Ryle. Chapter 27, verses 11 to 26. Christ Condemned Before Pilate. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Matthew chapter 27, verses 11 to 26. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him, Never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now at that feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would and they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas, or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas, and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people, and said, His blood be on us, and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. These verses describe our Lord's appearance before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. That sight must have been wonderful to the angels of God. He who one day will judge the world allowed himself to be judged and condemned, though he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 9. He from whose lips Pilate and Caiaphas will one day receive their eternal sentence, suffered silently an unjust sentence to be passed upon him. Those silent sufferings fulfilled the words of Isaiah, As a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 7 To those silent sufferings believers owe all their peace and hope. Through them they will have boldness in the day of judgment, who in themselves would have nothing to say. Let us learn from the conduct of Pilate how pitiful is the condition of an unprincipled great man. Pilate appears to have been inwardly satisfied that our Lord had done nothing worthy of death. We are told distinctly that he knew that for envy they had delivered him. Left to the exercise of his own unbiased judgment, he would probably have dismissed the charges against our Lord and let him go free. But Pilate was governor of a jealous and turbulent people. 
His great desire was to procure favor with them and please them. He cared little how much he sinned against God and conscience, so long as he had the praise of man. Though willing to save our Lord's life, he was afraid to do it, if it offended the Jews. And so, after a feeble attempt to divert the fury of the people from Jesus to Barabbas, and a feebler attempt to satisfy his own conscience by washing his hands publicly before the people, he at last condemned one whom he himself called a just person. He rejected the strange and mysterious warning which his wife sent to him after her dream. He stifled the remonstrances of his own conscience. He delivered Jesus to be crucified. Behold in this miserable man a lively emblem of many a ruler of the world. How many there are who know well that their public acts are wrong, and yet have not the courage to act upon their knowledge. They fear the people. They dread being laughed at. They cannot bear being unpopular. Like dead fish, they float with the tide. The praise of man is the idol before which they bow down, and to that idol they sacrifice conscience, inward peace, and an immortal soul. Whatever our position in life may be, let us seek to be guided by principle, and not by expediency. The praise of man is a poor, feeble, uncertain thing. It is here today and gone tomorrow. Let us strive to please God, and then we may care little who else is pleased. Let us fear God, and then there is none else of whom we need be afraid. Let us learn from the conduct of the Jews described in these verses, the desperate wickedness of human nature. The behavior of Pilate afforded the chief priests and elders an occasion of reconsidering what they were about. The difficulties he raised about condemning our Lord gave time for second thoughts. But there were no second thoughts in the minds of our Lord's enemies. They pressed on their wicked deed. They rejected the compromise that Pilate offered. They actually preferred having a wretched felon named Barabbas set at liberty rather than Jesus. They clamored loudly for our Lord's crucifixion, and they wound up all by recklessly taking on themselves all the guilt of our Lord's death, in words of portentous meaning, His blood be on us and our children. And what had our Lord done that the Jews should hate Him so? He was no robber or murderer. He was no blasphemer of their God or reviler of their prophets. He was one whose life was love. He was one who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. He was innocent of any transgression against the law of God or man. And yet the Jews hated him and never rested till he was slain. They hated him because he told them the truth. They hated him because he testified of their works that they were evil. They hated the light because it made their own darkness visible. In a word, they hated Christ, because he was righteous, and they were wicked, because he was holy, and they were unholy, because he testified against sin, and they were determined to keep their sins, and not let them go. Let us observe this. There are few things so little believed and realized as the corruption of human nature. Men fancy that if they saw a perfect person, they would love and admire him. They flatter themselves that it is the inconsistency of professing Christians which they dislike, and not their religion. They forget that when a really perfect man was on earth, in the person of the Son of God, 
he was hated and put to death. That single fact goes far to prove the truth of Edward's remark. Unconverted men would kill God if they could get at him. Let us never be surprised at the wickedness there is in the world. Let us mourn over it and labor to make it less, but let us never be surprised at its extent. There is nothing which the heart of man is not capable of conceiving, or the hand of man of doing. As long as we live, let us mistrust our own hearts. Even when renewed by the Spirit, they are still deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 End of section 91